WENJ, WENJ HD, Millville, Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, NFL is back tonight. Listen to the game on 97.3 ESPN. Brought to you by East Coast Roofing Siding Windows. Serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up. Visit them online at eastcoastroofing.com. Here we go. The NFL schedule week number one. We're going to go through all the games. Give us a quick thought on each game. Picks for the games. Josh will give us the spreads. Man, I love doing it. I haven't looked at the schedule. I haven't even loaded it yet. Here we go. The music, though. The music is chilling, isn't it? So good. I know. All right, ready? Yeah. Thursday night, Houston, Kansas City. Kansas City, defending Super Bowl champion. What a game this was last year. How did Houston let that slip away? But, you know, everybody's going Kansas City. Everyone we've talked to this week has Kansas City winning. Everybody has them winning the Super Bowl. Everybody has Kansas City as the best team in the league. Do you look at Houston going on the road and spoiling the party? I do. Six and a half, I think, the spread is. You're going to take them outright? I don't know what it is. I'm just saying. That's my guess. Six okay. and a half. I'm going to go no, with. No, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going outright. Right. Yet. I don't think. I think they can cover the spread. I don't know if they can win the football game. I'll go with Texans plus five and a half. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you are nine and a half for wow. Kansas City. Whoa. I wonder what it, it didn't open there, did it? Yes, it did. Wow. It opened at nine and a half, and 56% of bets are going that direction. Now, there are a couple of books that did move to 10. So, majority of books open at either nine Everybody or nine. Everybody loves and a half. Kansas City. I, I would, you're telling me Texans get 10 points? I'll take them to cover. 10 points? Yeah, that's a lot. And nobody in the stand. I mean, 16,000 people in the stands. I don't know how. I'm stunned. JR really? from JR's Wins brought up an interesting point about what the spread. You usually get three points for the game being at your building. With no one's there, what's that do? But you know what? It opening this way almost tells me that this is going to be an ass kicking. When Vegas sets it to nine, opens it up with nine, nine and a half, they're telling you that the Chiefs are going to take care of business. So now I'm almost convincing myself to not take the Texans because there's a reason why it opened up that way. It's funny you say that because last year the Texans were 7-8-1 against the spread. And they lost Hopkins, too. Think about that. Who's their big guy? Who's gonna? They got a big lead in this game. They're a lot different teams. Yeah, there's so many angles to look at this way because normally if the public's going one way, you like to lean the other. But I don't know. I'm torn. Now I'm torn. I don't even know. All right, NFL Sunday. Seattle's at Atlanta. They got to travel across the country. I don't know what. Nobody knows what the fan including is i know there's a website that has how many fans can go where atlanta in the dome i would imagine if they're in the dome they're probably not letting too many people inside there seattle though i think they're one of the best teams in the league i got to imagine atlanta's got to be a small favorite being at home although that's out the window this year so you know what i'm gonna go seattle by two yeah i think seattle has got to be the favorite here it's crazy that we're sitting here debating who's the crowd or how many people are in the stands I just never thought we'd be to this uh to this time but Seattle is probably. You're probably. I'm gonna. Can, will you yell at me if I go the same way? Are we allowed to in this? Sure. Game? All right. I'm gonna go Seattle by two as well. I'm gonna give you guys credit because at DraftKings it is minus two, 
At other books, it is minus two and a half for Seattle. It opened at minus one, by the way. 70% of the public is going Seahawks and the spread. Yeah, I thought three would be too much. So that's why I kind of stayed in that, too. That seems about fair. Yeah, I think Seattle, too. I like Seattle to win the game on the road. All right, let's go to uh, Jets, Buffalo. Everybody loves Buffalo, baby. Everybody loves them. Do they love them at home? I mean, I got to. I think. I think uh, Buffalo's allowed to have some fans. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but the Jets are just. I don't. I mean, everybody loves Buffalo, though. I would imagine that inflates the line on them a little bit. I think Buffalo's probably favored by five and a half. I'm going to go Buffalo by five. Buffalo is minus six and a half. It opened at six, so it moved just a little bit. 70% of the bets are going Buffalo on the spread. It's hard for week one because you just haven't seen these teams yet. There's no preseason. You have no clue think, what to really expect. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm loving Buffalo and believing in them yet. I think I stay away from that game. Yeah, I don't believe in Josh Allen just yet. I don't. He needs more time. All right, Chicago's at Detroit. Got a division game. You got uh, Detroit inside, so I'd imagine no fans there. Chicago, I mean, that team was great two years ago with that defense. Their defense was falling apart last year. Stafford was playing like an MVP level last year before he got hurt, and then Dave Blau came in and just blowed it up. I think i go uh, Detroit standard two, uh, three at home. I think it's going to be a little bit closer of a line. Maybe it's Lions one and a half. Interesting you guys say that because it opened at one. But now it's Detroit minus three. Just like Mike said, the standard three it has moved to. But the betters are split, guys. 50-50 on the spread. The money line, though, 74% are taking Chicago on the money line. I don't know if I can put my money down on a Mitch Trubisky start. He got them to the, uh, he won a division. Yeah, but he's not that player. I know, but saying it's not like he hasn't done it before. Right? Yeah, it's hard for me to invest my money in that. I'm not investing money in it. I'm just saying. Right. It's not out of the question. My point. All right, let's go to Green Bay, Minnesota. Got all these division games to start things off here. Green Bay, Minnesota. I mean, these are the two favorites. You got Detroit and Chicago, the North, and Green Bay, Minnesota in the North. I like Minnesota to win the division. I think they opened up last year, and Green Bay won that game to start things off. I like Minnesota more. Dalvin Cook's great, man. Oh, yeah? (laughs) You really trusted him this week? Uh, Are you going to play him in fantasy? You really hit your bench. I don't have a choice. Well, sure, you have a choice. My first pick. Well, it doesn't mean you have to actually use him. Uh, I got Minnesota at home here favored by three. I think Minnesota is going to be favored by three as well. Gentlemen, you're close. It's minus two and a half. It opened at three. Now it's dropped to two and a half. Hmm. That's another one where I just don't, you you don't know much enough about these teams. Last year, you thought. No, Green Bay opened with Chicago last year. Yeah, it was that crazy and, right. comeback game. And Chicago had won the division the year before, and it was kind of an upset that Green Bay beat them, and that kind of set the tone for both their seasons. Chicago was a dumpster fire last year. All right, another division game, Miami-New England. Tough one to – I mean, everybody's questioning New England. Yesterday, John Clayton was on with us. He doesn't even have New England in the playoffs. And then Miami, I mean, last year, everybody assumed they were trying to lose on purpose. They actually ended up winning a couple of games. And they won the big game at the end to force the Patriots to actually have to play in the first round of playoffs. That's right. Fitzpatrick, he's back as the starter. No Tua. Cam Newton. I put a lot of Cam Newton into my face. Isn't Jordan Howard in Miami? He is. Hmm. 
I still think New England's got to be favored here, probably by about five. Hmm. I'm going to go with four. Patriots are favored by four. You're both wrong. It's minus six and a half. It actually opened at a minus seven. The public is still treating the Patriots like legit favorites, 57% going Patriots on the spread. That's a lot of points, man. In the NFL, you know, when you go to college and you see the lines, the minus 20. Yeah, yeah. in the NFL, being favored by a touchdown is a pretty big deal. That's a lot of points. I'm surprised. But, you know, you have Cam Newton there, and until Bill Belichick loses, until the team actually loses, people are still going to believe in them. Vegas at Carolina. Carolina's at home. You know, Vegas, last year finished 7-9. and nine. They were a dumpster fire early. They kind of got things together. You got the second year now, the Gruden. Carolina's got a new coach, though. Matt Rule, they've changed a lot down there. They got a new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like Matt Rule is one of them guys who was, like, so unassuming and is going to come in. Like, Carolina, to me, when you look at a team that we didn't pick to make the playoffs and that you would never expect, Carolina has that feel. Like, they could be the one that no one expects them to beat the Saints or beat out the Buccaneers, and you're like, how did Carolina do it? And Matt Rule might be that coach. So Carolina at home, I'm going to go Carolina 3.5 over Vegas. I'm going to go Carolina 4.5. You're both wrong. The uh, Vegas minus 3 are the favorites on the road. Are you kidding me? Over 60% of the bets are going Vegas. Wow. Not just on the spread, but on the money line. The money line bets are actually up to 68% right now. Now, what did that open up at? Minus one and a half for Vegas on the road. Wow. Road favorite. That's disrespectful to the Panthers. No? <laughs> they weren't so, very good this year. I understand, but I I don't know. I mean, that's essentially almost a pick so it's pretty close to a one-point spread, which is, you know, it's not anything crazy, but... Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shocked I'm that it's that way. That one. I am. I am also shocked because it's not like the Raiders are that good either. No, I mean they added rugs. You Do you believe Pepper. in Derek Carr? Yeah, good year. I, they went to the playoffs two years ago. Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr. I like Bridgewater. Me too. Big Bridgewater. Guy. I know, and you would think that with that quarterback play, I, I would lean towards Teddy Bridgewater, and that's normally where a lot of the points lie. The quarterback matchup. It's crazy to me. All right, next up, it's uh, Indy and Jacksonville. Another lot of division games here to start things off in week number one. Jacksonville, I mean, they're trying to lose games, it looks like here. They've dumped a lot of guys off. Indy, we'll see Phillip Rivers wearing a Colts uniform. Uh, I'm interested to see that running back tandem with Mack and Taylor back there, see what their defense looks like. But Indy on the road, I mean, I got to imagine they're a favorite at Jacksonville here. Not by much. I'll go Indy by three. Yep, Indy by three is a good call. I'll probably lean the same way. And and when we had John Clayton on yesterday, he was talking about that offensive line. I think that's going to be huge for Phillip Rivers. And I'm excited to see what that team's all about. You mentioned the two running backs. That's going to be, you know, a, a, a tandem that can do some damage. Uh, you're both wrong because the Colts are minus eight right now wow. on the spread. They opened at minus six and a half, but 63% of bets are going Colts on the spread. Also, it wow. should be noted minus that eight for the Colts. Yeah, I mean the Jags. Yep. If we do think about it, we probably should have went hef- heavier than three. I probably wouldn't have went eight though. Maybe more of the five range would have been more of like a realistic guess because the Jags are that much of a dumpster fire, but. Eight is surprising. There's not a lot of faith in the Jags among people who are betting right now. Gardner Minshew. Come on. All right. Cleveland's at Baltimore. Another division game. Baltimore defending uh, AFC. 
see South champs or North champs 14 and 2. Actually, that's not a division game anymore. Yes, it is. Cleveland's in uh, Baltimore in the North. Stop second guessing yourself. Yeah. You had it right the first Cleveland, time. Cleveland, everybody had the, you know, they had all the hype last year. Now, it could be one of those games where Cleveland got all the hype last year, and maybe this is the year. Did they beat Baltimore last year? Was that one of the games that Baltimore lost? Was to, was it to Cleveland? At one point, yes. I mean, one, could this two, be the yeah. game? It's at Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore's allowed to have a small amount of fans at that game. I got to imagine, though, Baltimore's favored by like eight. See, I think that's a little hefty. I'm going to go with s- six and a half. I'm going to give Mike Yo the thumbs up on this because it's actually minus seven and a half, but it opened at minus eight and a half. Okay. So you Mike split the difference. Okay. Then. I was going to say, normally if this is like the price is right, you can't go over. So if right. you go over, you know, I don't believe in that. But do I look open- like Bob Barker to you? No. No, you do not. Hmm. Good. So I All was right. wrong. <laughs> yes, you were wrong. Man. You hate to Where see it. I? Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? All right. Uh, Chargers, Bengals. This might be the turd bowl of the week right here. I got these two in my ugly five. Now, when this pops up on Red Zone, this is the one you're like, ah, damn it. Can we not watch it? But it's 405. There's less games, so you see it more. Yeah. This is There's only three 4 o'clock games. You got L.A., Cincinnati right here. So... Cincinnati, Burrow, A.J. Green is back. I mean, they got Boyd. He's a nice player. Mixon. I mean, they got some weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Eckler for the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen. Their defenses. You got Bosa. I mean, there's some interesting players in this game. I don't know. I can't. Like, is Cincinnati 2-14 and 14 a home favorite in this game? You would imagine. Like, the Chargers, I think, are one of the worst teams in the league. They got to travel across, halfway across the country. I'm going with Cincinnati. By one and a half. Yeah, I feel like it's a pickle. I feel like it's a pickle. Maybe, maybe the lines makers thinks the Chargers are better than I do because I think the Chargers yeah, are going to struggle. Yeah, they might towards the end of the season, but maybe right now they might have more hype surrounding them than than you're giving them credit for. I don't know. I, I'm thinking a, a pickle here. Uh, Chargers are minus three in uh, this game. It opened Chargers at, favored by three. Yeah, it opened at minus two and a half, but it's moved to half a point for whatever it's worth. Yeah, I thought the Chargers would have would push the line in their favors. You know, being a road team to even be a pick'em would be putting it in their favor as well. So three, that's yeah. I mean, I get it for Week One. I think the Chargers will die out. But fifty nine percent of the money line bets are on the Bengals. That's that Joe Burrow love. Um, I guess so. I think that he you know, AJ Green didn't play all year last right. year. That's got to help their offense. Oh, out. no doubt. Is Absolutely. He playing? I know that he was questionable. He's back. Okay. He's in one of my fantasy leagues. I think the one that I got chipped on last night. Did you mean to pick him, or was it auto well, draft? If I would have taken someone different, I might have changed the course of my whole draft. You're a joke. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Uh, I don't know how many fans are allowed in the dome. I don't think any, by the way. I think it's going to be a completely empty dome. Wow. Tampa Bay on the road. A lot of expectations. The Saints, a lot of expectations. It's Breeze and Brady. I mean, this is one of the games of the week. It's a 425. Fox, you're going to get Buck and Aikman. This is tough. Yeah, Saints are got to be favored here, though. At home, three, three, three. I'm going to go with the traditional Saints by three. I'm going to give you both the right answer because this is the game that was picked earlier that was said it was being juiced down to three. It's actually three and a half. But because you guys probably had that three in the back of your mind, I'm going to give you the right answer because your minds were already deluded by a pick about a half hour ago. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a book out there that you could find three. I agree. 
Somewhere. I agree with you. Somewhere. I'm all looking right. through all the books right now. I don't see a three on any of them. All right. Arizona at San Francisco. San Fran, Super Bowl loss. Arizona, last now, place you're, last Now, you're more intrigued by the Cardinals than I think I am. Yep. I'm curious to see where you go here. I think Arizona's going to be a lot of fun this year. Murray, Hopkins, that team's going to put up big points, baby. San Francisco's got a great defense, though, so this is a big challenge in week number one. But what if Arizona went on the road and made a statement in, de- in week number one? I think San Francisco's favored by six, but I think I like the Cards. No, I don't see them going on the road and winning that game. Are there fans in San Francisco, or we do not have I that would doubt it. Yeah, I would doubt it, too. Those California They got fires out there problems, too. They got the, the wildfires. The, ge- the gender reveal one? Did you see that? Yes, they got the... Is that still going on? Yes, and the, there was a report today that their air quality might not be suitable to play the game there. Was it a boy or girl? Might have been mixed. It was a red sky. I have no idea. You would think <laughs> it's a big part of the gender the story. reveal set the whole place on fire. Right, but it's a big part of the story, right? I mean, I you think can't it's inconsequential. Leave, you can't leave that part out. I don't think um, the gender of this would, would, has any impact on this story. It should. But the air quality is being discussed whether or not it's safe enough to play. There. Imagine being that child, you know, when you're 20. Did you, you see look the back. thing too? It was like it's it's a wildfire season out there. Like this right. is just like it happens all the time. Couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. All right, with the 49ers, I am going to say that they're favored by six. 49ers are favored at minus seven. But you can't find a couple books that are minus six, like uh, DraftKings has a minus six. PlaySugarHouse.com has a minus six and a half as well. So you can find the lower number, but the consensus of the books oh, is minus baby, seven. Give me the cards. By the way, the big bet on this game 83% are going over 48. Okay. Points. Huh. Points. I don't know what the... 49ers defense, though. You would think that they do a good yeah. job at shutting that down. Man, I like that That 49ers offense, man. They got so much speed. I love watching them. Yeah, the creativity, too. It's not only the speed, but it's the way yeah, they Shanahan. utilize the speed. All right, Sunday Night Football. Listen to it here on 97.3 ESPN. By the way, we'll have Eagles-Washington on Sunday, followed by... Tampa Saints will pick that game up at 5 o'clock, so you'll get it in progress, followed by this game. Dallas Rams, Sunday night football. The new stadium's opening up down there, right? That new Rams uh, palace is going to be bigger than Jerry's world. Um, Jerry helped finance it, remember? That place is unbelievable. I don't know what to think of this Rams team. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl, then they didn't make the playoffs. Where are they now? I think Dallas has got a lot of weapons, man. Do you think they're favored? No. Okay. I could be wrong. I know. But I think the Rams are still respected enough that they're favored here. Could be wrong. But Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott, a lot of options out there, man. Uh, Gallup. I think the Rams are favored by, by two. I think I like Dallas to go on the road and win. No, I agree. If the line is that short, if it's Rams, you know, minus one, minus one and a half or two, that screams Dallas Cowboys. So I do think that this line is going to be super close. Uh, I think you're right, though. I think the odds makers are probably going to still give the Rams the benefit of the doubt. I'll go Rams one and a half. Cowboys minus three. I'm not surprised. I, I knew it. I had favorites. a gut feeling. They I opened at two feeling. and a half, by the way. Also, you had your chance. I know. But on the flip <laughs> side, it's interesting. 76% of the bets are taking Rams on the money line. 
So even though the Cowboys are the favorite on the spread, the gamblers are going heavy on the money line for the Rams. Yeah, well, you get good value, right? I mean, if they're underdog at home like that, there's value there with the money line. Absolutely. I knew it. I knew they were going to be the favorites. But I thought that, I honestly thought the odds makers would still give them. It's week one. They're at home. You mentioned it. They were in the Super Bowl. You have Sean McVay. I, I thought that they would go down that road of just making them a slight favorite. But shame on me. I got to follow my gut more. Go with your gut. Go with my gut. All right, Monday night, we got a doubleheader. You can listen to both games on 97.3 ESPN. Steelers, Jets. Do you like the doubleheader Mondays, by the way? I do. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty awesome. G-Men, at home, no fans. We know that. That building will have no fans in Jersey. Pittsburgh, I like Pittsburgh this year. Big Ben back. You got Daniel Jones. I got Steelers favorite on the road. Three and a half. I got Steelers two and a half. I'm going to give Mike half credit because it opened at minus three and a half. Steelers are up to minus six. That's just because seventy-five percent of the bets are going Steelers on the spread, and the money keeps coming in, gentlemen. Well, you know what that tells me. I don't know that much money on the Steelers. So you gotta go the other way. No, I mean when the when the public's betting that heavy, one follow way, the money, follow it. Gotta go the other way. But it's hard for me to think the Giants are gonna win a game like that. But. It's week one. You just never know. And for the first time since the double dip occurred, I, in my memory, the Raiders aren't playing. It's Tennessee, Denver. That late night 10-10 start. By the way, some big news for Denver. Looks like Sutton's getting an MRI. Yeah, don't tell me that. He's on all my teams. All your teams? Yep. By accident or on purpose? Now I have to ask you because you just never know with you. It's only happened one time ever. That's it was on with a corrupt commissioner. Corrupt. Every league I'm in, I swear, the, the commissioner's corrupt. Nope, it's just hilarious. Every league I'm in, they've always done right by me, except for this one. Well, guess what? Welcome to 97.3 ESPN. Tennessee at Denver. I'm interested in this one. When I give you my five, I think this one might be in there. I got Drew Locke. He's my backup quarterback, by the way. And uh, I love watching Derrick Henry. You got Clowney. That's a great defense. I love watching Vrabel. Denver team. They lost a couple guys. Miller. But they got Jerry Judy. They did. Nice weapon. Lock. Everybody's talking him up like he's going to be the big, you know, young quarterback. Tennessee, though, on the road. Denver's a tough place to play with the altitude, but they have the offense to do it with Henry. I like Tennessee favored by two, and I like Tennessee to win the game. I'll be honest. I'm struggling to think about where this is going. I do think the Titans are the better team, but I just wonder if the odds makers are looking at this differently than I do when it comes to the Broncos. I'll go with the Broncos being favored by one and a half, although I do think the Titans are the better team, but I'm just I, I don't have a good feel for it. I'm just gonna throw it out there and go Broncos one and a half. Not a good feel though. The game is currently Tennessee minus two and a half. It opened at Denver minus two, but when the Von Miller news came down. It flipped hmm. almost immediately. The money started coming in, and it went from Denver minus two to now Tennessee minus two and a half. I wow. like Tennessee. Yeah, that's a tough one to guess, though, right off the jump. But that that's um, pretty crazy. It jumped to that degree once Von Miller. I mean, it makes sense. But you know, a lot of odds makers talk about how there's only a couple players that can really move the yeah, outcome. The quarterback. Like yeah, the quarterback. And by the way, Eagles Washington, I believe, is five and a half, six, something like that, six. Yeah, I think it's six, although the, that's the last time I, I did actually see it. I did see that one. I haven't seen any of the others. Where was that at, Josh? Eagles, Redskins? Washington. Washington. Wow. I apologize. By the way, they do have the wrong logo for Washington. 
here uh, I'm looking at on the odds. So it's a bad job by them. We got to update that. Uh, currently, the Eagles are minus five and a half. It opened at minus six. 63% of the bets are going Eagles on the spread. All right, so uh, here's my five for the week. The five games, other than the Eagles game, I'm most interested in. No particular order. I got Green Bay, Minnesota. Tampa, New Orleans. Arizona, San Francisco. Dallas, Rams. Tennessee, Denver. I like that Tennessee team. I'm not huge on the 49ers Cardinals. Well, I'd rather throw Seattle and Atlanta in there as one of mine. Seattle, Atlanta. It's going to be a fun match. I just love watching Russell Wilson play. Me too. I thought about them, but Kyler Murray. You're too much in on him. I like that Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, you do. Well, I'm right. not anti, but. Uh, the NFL schedule, week one. There you go. Hey, it's Mike Gill. Are you getting close to retirement age? Are you retired now? Here's what I'll tell you to do. Call my man Lee Malotsky over at SHM Financial today. He'll access your risk profile, maybe an annuity. Is it right for you, a portion of your plan? Uh, not for everybody, the annuity, but if you're looking for safe, secure, preservation of principal, low to no fees, and what's most important, an income that you cannot outlive, call Lee at SHM Financial to see if the annuity is right for you. If you're more comfortable being more aggressive, he can help you with that. Maybe your asset allocation. Lee at SHM Financial, that's 800 money SHM. By the way, if uh, you're, you got to drive to work, you know someone who's getting near that retirement age, listen to Lee's weekly podcast, Malotsky on Money. Highly recommend it. You check out this latest one. It's the election proofing your assets. Nobody knows what this election will do to the market, but Lee Malotsky, they talk about it. Talk about how it can affect your money. 800-MONEY-SHM or visit shmfinancial.com and check out that weekly podcast. I recommend it strongly for those of you who are getting near retirement age. Lee is great. Answered all my questions for me, and he'll do the same for you. So check that out. Hey, when we come back, Dr. Kevin McHale is in the house. The injury situation, how does it look for the birds? Big surprise for week one could be happening. Stay tuned for that. Injury Report. Today's Injury Report brought to you by Cape Regional Health System and Dr. Kevin McHale with Penn Orthopedics and Cape Regional Health System, the best of both worlds for a healthier life. An appointment you can call 609-463-CAPE or visit caperegional.com slash orthopedics. Dr. Kevin McHale is back with us for another season of the NFL Injury Report, and there's some interesting ones that we will get into for the Eagles this week. Of course, Dr. Kevin McHale was a uh, assistant team physician with the Patriots, some of the Boston teams, I believe the uh, Celtics and the Bruins. He can tell you uh, if I was wrong or right, if I remember from all our years of doing this. He does an excellent job of breaking down the injuries with us, and he's back for another year on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline as we get ready for week number one. Doc, welcome back. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm excited to be back. Fun to be uh, talking about football in this crazy year. <laughs> It sure is, and I guess, uh, you know, I know that uh, you never had to deal with something like this, but do you think people who had your position in the past are really have their hands full this year? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, you know, obviously as a whole country and a medical community, we're constantly growing and learning from, you know, what this epidemic is and how it's affecting everyone. So with guidelines constantly changing and updating as more and more information comes out, 
they have to be very uh, versatile and ready to adapt as these things continue to change. And ultimately their goal is just to keep the players safe. And, and it's, a, it's a very, very challenging time for everybody. And I can only imagine at the uh, pro level as well. Yes, it should be very interesting to see what happens here. Now, they were being very vague with the injuries to start the season off. Now, today the injury report did come out, and it did uh, clear some things up a little bit, which we are happy for when we talk to you. One we did know was starting left tackle Andre Dillard, torn biceps, and uh, I would imagine this is a season-ending. They did put him on the season-ending list, but, um, you know, what kind of uh, future outlook does it look like for a guy torn biceps? Yeah, so actually, this is the opposite end of the spectrum of what we talked about with Jason Peters last year. Your, your biceps is obviously attached from your shoulder to your elbow. And at the shoulder level, that biceps tendon splits into two tendons. And when Peters injured the one, he was able to play through it, uh, like other athletes like John O'Leary and stuff like that in the past. Uh, but when you injure at the elbow, those tendons come together. And uh, once that's ruptured, they can really compromise strength of the elbow. It's about you know 30 to 40% loss of elbow strength. So obviously at a pro level, that's not um, something that's uh, sustainable. So so he's going to get that surgically repaired. Ultimately, he should be able to get back to a full level of um, play. The problem is once you get that repaired, as you can imagine, you need to let that tendon heal back down to the bone in the forearm and then gradually start strengthening once it's healed. So typically it is a season-ending injury. It should not affect him too much long-term. He should be okay once it's healed. But unfortunately, it does not look like he's going to be with the Eagles this season. Yeah, I was going to say, what does, uh, you know, in the future, is that something that could affect his, you know, development? So actually, you know, these types of injuries, once it's healed, they do pretty well. Um, you know, there are, it's in a tough area of your elbow where there are some risks of some nerve injuries and, and things like that when that surgery is done. But obviously, the surgeons are, are adept to this type of surgery and they know what to do to protect these nerves and, and, and major uh, blood vessels at the time of the surgery. But once it's adequately healed and as long as it's given enough time for it to completely mature and heal and he gets adequate strength, he should be okay and it really shouldn't affect his performance long term. Because he's just making sure he gets, regains his painless range of motion and, and make sure that he builds up his strength so it's equal to the contralateral side before he gets to his opposite arm before he gets back to playing. All right, Jalen Rieger, first round pick. There was, uh, you know, he suffered a slight tear in his labrum back on August 30th. Now, it did not require surgery. The news today, Doc, was that he practiced in full. Is that surprising? Because initially it looked like he was not going to be ready for the start of the season from that August 30th injury. So a slight tear in the labrum, no surgery required. Is this a pain threshold, this one? Uh, do you anticipate, and are you surprised that he practiced full and could play Sunday? So as good and bad news about this one. So the first thing, I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised that he's on this quick of a path to playing. Um, so when you have shoulder instability, that ball can shift out of the socket joint, whether it completely dislocates and someone has to pop it back in for them or it just shifts out and pops back in. You can tear that little labrum, which is a cartilage ring that goes around the socket that gives that shoulder stability. Now, the good news is that typically this can go into heel and players can rebound pretty quickly because they can strengthen all those muscles around the shoulder to give their shoulder dynamic stability to get back to play pretty quickly. Sometimes the timeline is as quick as, you know, one, two weeks, usually up to maybe three to four weeks, depending. The catch is that there's a much higher risk of redislocation or recurrent instability of that shoulder down the line. You know, almost about half of NFL athletes that return to play after a shoulder dislocation can redislocate their shoulder that year. And that's where the problem lies. So if you get some adequate rehab, um, they have them in a shoulder strap uh, right now in practice. You may be wearing that. The, the, the way those work is it limits their shoulder mobility to try to pr- stop it from getting to a position where it can become unstable again. 
obviously a little bit difficult for a wide receiver to catch a uh, ball over their head if it's kind of limiting their shoulder motion. That being said, if he's able to get back to play, he may be able to feel uh, pretty good and get back and play at a high level. The cat, real question is going to be if his shoulder is going to read his locator, if that labral tear is going to get worse. Be very interesting to see if he's active on game day. He did practice full today, so that's some good news there and a good breakdown by you, Dr. Kevin McHale. Let's go to Alshon Jeffrey. We did talk about him last year. You were on with us uh, about the Liz Frank surgery. We've talked about this injury a few times over our years together, but people hear that. They don't really know what it is, but I guess more importantly, they did not put him on the pup list, which means they think he'll be ready to play within seven weeks. He did this in December. So this is a pretty quick time frame. Yeah, you know, actually, if we go back to what we talked about last year with Jalen Mills, you know, he almost needed that full year of the typical 9- to 12-month timeline following a Liz Frank injury uh, to recover. And it sounds like, um, fortunately, Alshon Jeffrey may be ahead of that time schedule. So as we talked about with some of these other players, Malik Jackson, um, Jalen Mills, when you injure the Liz Frank joint, it's the middle of the foot. And it's a really important joint there because when it's either broken or dislocated at that area, you can compromise the ability to push off on the foot. And obviously it's incredibly important for sprinters and runners and high-level athletes like the NFL players on the Eagles. So it's obviously really important. Once it's uh, fixed, it takes a lot to heal, and it takes a pretty long time to get all their strength back to get back to be able to play at that level. Now, it does seem like Alshon Jeffrey is moving at a little bit of a faster rate as Jalen Mills. Obviously, they didn't place him on the pup list like they did for Mills, who had a, a surgery even earlier um, than Jeffrey did in the season, um, his season two years ago. Um, so it seems like he's moving in the right direction. Uh, that being said, the fact that he hasn't been participating in practice in any way um, doesn't mean that it looks like it's going to be in the very near future. It uh, looks like we're at least a couple weeks out before seeing Alshon Jeffrey, but hopefully we'll be seeing him in the early half of the season. Yeah, there has been some reports that he might play in the month of September. Now that could be at the end of September, which would give us, what, 10 months since the uh, since the injury? Yeah, and that sounds about right. I mean, the typical timeline is anywhere between 9 to 12 months on average. So it's right in the middle of that, obviously a little bit ahead of Jalen Mills, and, and I think – and we talked about some other players that got that you know beat that timeline, got back a little sooner. But yeah. in general, it does seem appropriate for him. Now, let me ask you this: in uh, it's twenty twenty in the time when was uh, the, your last uh, year with the with the Patriots? Uh, twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, sixteen. Okay, so any of the major injuries, the ACL, these Liz, any injuries in general, has you know medicine escalated from that time, or even while you were doing it, that guys are coming back quicker from. You know, I think the surgical techniques and things like that haven't drastically changed in that short period of time. Because, you know, it's only been a few years. I think some of the things that have been changing a lot are the way they're rehabbing these injuries to kind of get these guys back a little bit faster. Um, they're just understanding more and more about ways you can protect the repair while they're doing early training and then getting athletes back on the field. There's a lot of exciting new stuff, with, um, different types of new injections that are on the market, and biologics and medications that try to um, – quicken the healing of bone healing and other soft tissue healing and that's some emerging uh research that's not 100 percent understood yet and and it's still we're learning from actually at, at these elite athletes because a lot of times they're the ones that you know the money isn't a problem so they're able to get all these different things and, and they try them out and we kind of learn from them so there's a lot of stuff that obviously you know the, the field of medicine is constantly advancing but um a lot of it's more the rehab and some of these biologic injections that they're learning right now that might be changing things in the future. Do you anticipate with no preseason that there will be a bevy of injuries? Unfortunately, I think so. You know, we we talk about soft tissue injuries all the time and the preseason 
is when we see a lot of them because our the players are relatively out of shape. Obviously, not they're out of shape. They're elite athletes and they're in incredible shape. But for game shape's different. It's just a different speed than practice. And with no preseason, they haven't really mimicked that speed at all. We always see our veterans kind of ramp up throughout the preseason. And we I think we talked about last year how they were seeing the veteran presence decrease significantly in preseason and how that led to just kind of pushing off those soft tissue injuries to the regular season. Well, now it's like that for everybody, rookies included. And um, I do uh, unfortunately anticipate that we're going to see a lot of soft tissue injuries. It's just the nature of the beast at this level. Uh, he's Dr. Kevin McHale. We enjoy talking to him each week. Gives us great insight on the injury report brought to you by Cape Regional Health Systems and Penn Orthopedics, the best of both worlds for a healthier life. For an appointment, call 609-463-CAPE or visit caperegional.com slash orthopedics. Doc, we always appreciate it. Great insight as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. I'll talk to you guys next week. All right, he is uh, excellent at the job, and, of course, he's a guy who has been inside NFL locker rooms, so he really has a good take on these injuries. And it's our injury report every Thursday here on the Sports Bash. I learned something a lot. That Liz Franck injury, you know, I remember um, hearing that for the first time, and you're like, you know, it's a foot. Come on. But how painful that foot is kept Jalen Mills out. 12 months last year. Yeah, Ben Simmons had that as well. You know what's another injury that doesn't sound that bad and it's brutal? The turf toe. A bone bruise. A bone bruise is just as bad as a break sometimes in terms of how long you can be out for. I remember, though, being a kid, and when you heard someone had turf toe, you were like, really? Yeah, I know. Turf toe? Yeah. Come on. Well, I experienced a bone bruise in college, and I was knocked out for a while, and I'm thinking, like, damn, I look like a you-know-what right now. <laughs> but, I, like, I could not skate. I, it was brutal. Was it in your foot? Yeah. Bone, I blocked a shot, and my whole foot, I had a huge, it, at the end of it, our uh, our doctor of the team was like, dude, this is just as bad as you break in your foot. No, I mean, it is. It's funny because my girlfriend went sand surfing out in Colorado like a couple weeks ago, and she fell. And she does some adventurous stuff. She what, zip line, zip line, yeah, yeah, tied up to the zip line. So she was sand surfing and she fell and bruised her tailbone. This has got to be a month ago now, and her ass still hurts. I mean. In total pain. I know you're chuckling over there, well, but... Is that really what it's from? Sure. Okay. No, I made that up. She was sand surfing, fell. What a great way to make up your butt hurting. Well, with you today, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just can't trust you with anything you say today. But I was like, like she's like, oh my God, my tailbone, st-. I was like, still hurts? Four weeks ago, maybe longer. I forget when she went. I mean, it was August. No, it was August. Can't mess around with the tailbone. Like though. third or fourth, somewhere around there. It was first week of August she went. So it's over a month ago that she went, and it still hurts. You want to hear something crazy? It's September 10th. Yeah, that's nuts. Kids are back in school. Never mind. All right. <laughs> All right, Sports Bash Live. When we come back, got the five. Now, are you going to give me some good ones today? Yeah, you got good ones. I, mean, I got to do a better job at counting. I, I mean, I'm, I not, I'm pissed off at myself. Can I not get how many steals is a guy going to get? I mean, how many that was a, it was a good question. I mean, steals? Come on, that's random. But it's Kawhi Leonard. All right, five's next. Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Not 10, you dick. All right, five questions. Get ready to wrap up the show tonight. Don't forget, game night's up next. Andy McNamara joins Josh at 6.15. And then tonight we got the football game. 8 o'clock coverage. Can't wait. 97.3 ESPN, you're home for the NFL. I've been doing a poor job at uh, mathematics during these 
five and keeping the count. So it's not I'm, hard. I know it's, it's not a hard. Shame on me. Check for yes or X for no, and then you add them up. I know, I know. Tough. It's just tough. How many touchdowns for Pat Mahomes tonight? Because I can't ask you who's going to win What's because over that's too under? easy. I don't know. See, this isn't like realistic. I need to dive deep. This is just simple. Hey, bang, bang, bang. Answer the damn question. I'll go three. All right. I'll go three. Three. Now, I got in on uh, they had an odds boost. Oh, yeah. For uh, everybody to score the first touchdown, you got an odds boost of uh, 10 to 1. How do you feel about Who that? Who would you go with? For everyone to get it to, on. Who would be the first person to score a touchdown? Who would you bet? Probably Tyree Kill. Wow. No? I want Travis Kelsey. Okay, that's a good one, too. Yeah. That's a good one. And Hilaire Edwards. I did, too. It's, it's a shame you don't have him on your fantasy team. I know. Well, Deshaun Watson throw an interception. Yes, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. I'm going to even put in quotes, no doubt. There you go. No. Do I get a bonus point for that? Nope. How many hits for your no. DH, Andrew Knapp? Who's pitching? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Who are they playing? Oh, the Marlins. Marlins. Big series. Seven gamer. Yeah, I think it's actually someone they've yeah. struggled against. The Bills in the past. are so out of mind right now. No, why? 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 Football's why back, be? and all of a sudden, no, we no, no, Andrew Knapp. No Andrew Phils Knapp at all today. The um, oh, Sandy. They struggle against Sandy. That's going to be tough. Yeah, Knapp doesn't get a hit. No, no hits, dude. He's the best hitter on the team. Oh uh, wait, Marlins are nineteen and nineteen. This series is huge, and the Phillies are twenty-one and eighteen. Yeah, this series is absolutely huge. Do the Phillies win? Who's pitching for the Phillies? Arietta. Hmm. That'd be two in a row for him. Yeah, Phillies win tonight. Yeah, he's been bouncing back. Phillies win. Will Arietta pitch in the sixth inning at all? No. I go no again on that. There's that's that's, a, that's a, always a high percentage of win. But that means you're relying on this bullpen to get the job done. Marlins here. lost like twenty-five to five, nine, twenty-nine last to nine. I think it was. What right? was it? Twenty-nine to nine. Twenty-nine to now, nine. Now people ripped Tatis Jr. for hitting that grand slam. Yeah, I don't really hear the same outrage for the Atlanta Braves. Twenty-nine to nine. Yeah. I saw Jason Stark. It was the first team to score nine or more runs and still still lose by sixteen or more runs. Now, I just want to make sure that everyone on the Braves... Okay, so during the game, I wanted to see, did everyone have an RBI? And it looks like, no, two guys did not. Dansby Swanson did not record an RBI. He's one of their best offensive players. It's incredible. Who had nine? Duvall had nine RBIs with a couple ding-dongs. Phillies play for like the next eight months in a row now. Like, they don't have a day off for what? Pretty sure they see Sixto Sanchez either Sunday or Monday. seven times. I know. So either Sunday or Monday. They probably see him twice. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. I think they only see him once. But I have nightmares about him. I fell asleep the highlights of him last night. Wow. He's so good. I'm, like, devastated. When you turned the TV off last night, yeah. what did you turn off? Like, do you sleep with the TV on? Or, so, go, or do you go to sleeper time? Fiance goes to sleep way before me. So I creep into bed around midnight or so. And then I go phone. And I'll fall asleep with something on my phone, with earphones in, because she's anti-TV. Yeah, my girl doesn't like the TV on either. It sucks, so that's what I do. So I put in Sixto Sanchez highlights, and I'm watching. I put on repeat. I'll go back after the 10 Why minutes. Why you do that watch to yourself? Again. Well, because he's so good. Yeah, but that's torture. It is. The fact that we actually had the next Pedro Martinez, and that was the prospect we gave up. Yet, you want a hot take? Spencer Howard's Vinny Velasquez 2.0. I'm not ready to go there Five yet. Inning, Vinny, five inning, Vinny. Not ready to go there. Five inning, Spencer Howard. I was so juiced up for him, and I just, ugh. 
he gets so tired out, his velocity drops, and he's young, I get it, that's emotional broads, there's a thing that I have on Twitter, hashtag emotional broads, it's when I get a little fired up a yeah. little too much, right there, that take, that was emotional broads. You might not be wrong though, it's hope, a little disappointing. I hope you are. I hope I am too. Alright, that's our show today, we'll do better tomorrow, thanks to all our guests, hey, uh, tomorrow on the show, big old happy hour Friday. Casey Joyner previews all the games. Chad Millman, Action Network, looking forward to him. Andrew DeCecco, Football at Four, with the Friday pick. Eagles and Washington. Josh has game night coming up next. We have NFL football tonight at 8 o'clock, right here on 97.3 ESPN. Have a great night, everybody. South Jersey.